probably worthy of a longer discussion. I don't think any quarterback is playing terribly, or no quarterback is playing magnificently. But if you're asking me which quarterback I would be more worried down the line if I were that quarterback, I think it might be... Week 5 of the college football season is in the books, and the Dogs are 5-0, 3-0 in the SEC, ranked number 2 in the country, and a lot of Georgia Bulldog fans just aren't that happy today. Look, we're good, and most fans are ecstatic that Georgia is ranked so high, has won all of its games by 14 points or more, remains relatively healthy, and maintains a head coach whose focus, grit, and determination to lead this team is without question. Oh, and don't worry, you'll hear which UGA quarterback, Will, thinks could potentially see less action in games if the status quo keeps up. You'll hear that later in the show. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 152 of the Waiting Since I Saturday podcast. It's the Sunday Skype call show, whatever you want to call it, the quick 20-minute or so recap of yesterday's 38-12 victory over the Vols of Tennessee. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. Here's Will to kick us off. Georgia tied, I believe, the all-time series with Tennessee. 38-12 win on a another freakishly hot day, by the way. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, this did not feel like a great game to me. And I know that we've talked about this a lot about like, hey, they beat, 20, they beat Tennessee by 26 and they're cruising and wins. They're having no troubles at all. And you still feel like a little disappointed. I actually feel like maybe in some ways this was even maybe a little worse than the Missouri game that we were worried about. What did you guys think Tony started off? I don't think you're wrong in saying that we played worse against them. Here's kind of my takeaway. We went through a long stretch in the third quarter, which is baffling to me, considering we've been very good at halftime adjustments, that we, we just looked uninterested. Like we didn't, like it was not, we weren't interested in playing football against Tennessee, which is, you know, you, you have that. That's fine. Offensively, I've seen a lot of blah, blah, blah. It's, it's one of two things. One, we really are out of sync on offense, or two, we have a lot of tools. We have a lot of toys to play with, and we're just seeing which ones work and which ones don't. Because, I mean, we had, it's clear, we have plays that we can run nearly any, any situation, any place on the field, any down and distance, and get the down and distance need for a first down. Uh, that out pattern to, to Ridley or Hardman, for that matter, that works every time. The swing pass screen to the running back, as long as he doesn't look upfield before the ball gets to his hands, that play is there every time. You know, and those plays work, and we just, it seems like we were just really insistent on trying different things. And so to answer your question, Will, is there a reason to be disappointed? Sure, because I think all of us would have been happy to beat Tennessee 41 nothing. I think the defense let off the, the foot off the gas um, in the third quarter, so much led to the, the second touchdown. First touchdown was blown coverage. I mean, we had a terrible matchup with Taylor on their, their wide receiver and split in there. And that's just, that's going to happen. And you are going to almost always give up a touchdown in that situation. If you have a guy that's a two steps faster than your, your linebacker running a deep route. I think your comment about how they seemed uninterested, that kind of rings true to me of what uh, my perception was on it. I mean, I go back to think about our preview podcast. I, I went and listened to what our predictions were and Tony, yours was like a 47 to 10 uh, easy victory. Will, you were about a 42 to seven um, easy victory. And I use the word pedestrian. What I thought, I thought it would be kind of a, just kind of a, yeah, pedestrian. And I said something like 35 to three, 35 to 10. 
And that's kind of what we got. Um, I, if it weren't for that long, what eight and a half minute drive, that was 13 plays. I would have been even more worried, but I enjoyed, even though it was flip flopping the quarterbacks the entire time. And that was totally confusing, but I was glad to see that they could just put the game away because there was a little bit of a take your breath away when Tennessee scored that extra touchdown or that second one. And it was 26 to 12. And you're looking at the clock saying, wow, there's 11 minutes on this game clock. And there's a lot that could happen because we do not have the momentum. And then to see them go through and do that 13 play drive. And, yeah, looking at the stats, I mean, I'm not much of a stat guy, but when you see that Georgia had 441 yards total offense, Tennessee had 209, and the time of possession was almost two thirds in Georgia's favor. Um, Pedestrian is a good word. They seem disinterested. However, they're five and zero. I'm going to continue my glass half full. It's a, it's been sitting around a while, and you don't, I don't really want to drink it, but it is half full. So, you know, night game next week against Vanderbilt. I am a little bit nervous about LSU and, yes, Kentucky down the road. Yeah, Kentucky is on it now, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing with this, though, is we'll talk about this maybe in a more sit-down setting. But, you know, I think you get to the point now where you start contrasting. You start remembering that, like, last year was really special. And obviously they were good, and they were really exciting to watch. It was really fun. But it also required a kismet of a lot of different things. It required the senior leadership and those guys coming back. It required uh, some great Rick players combining with some exciting, young, smart recruits, and everyone kind of converging at the same time. And theoretically speaking, this was always going to be a year of transition. So that's this seems like a pretty good year of transition. It's 5-0. and You're watching these games going, man, they – they don't really have it figured out at all just yet, and they're still winning games kind of going away. Now, again, that speaks to the fact that I don't think Missouri's that great, and we definitely don't think that Tennessee's that great. But the advantage that Georgia has is basically no team in football other than Alabama looks like they're really rolling right now, Like, and maybe Ohio State a little but with, with their kind of tough win. But like, if you look at Georgia being number two in the country right now, I don't see any reason anyone else could be number two except for maybe Ohio State because Clemson, we can talk all sorts of talk about Clemson. I think that what, what, what's going on at Clemson is actually a pretty good endorsement of the way that Kirby Smart has handled his quarterbacks, which we will talk about, I'm sure, in a moment. But right now, the the idea that, on one hand, the idea that Georgia is like, wow, man, Georgia is totally not the dominant team they were last year. Uh, and they're still number two in the country, <laughs> it's a pretty good place to be. On the other hand, there's clear issues. I think there's clear issues, and I don't know if they're going to pop up against LSU. I don't know if they're going to pop up against Auburn. I don't know if they're going to pop up against Kentucky. But when we were watching this team five games in last year, you felt like, you know what, they're going to come out and they're going to stomp somebody. I'm looking at that Vanderbilt game next week, and I'm, I'm not thinking, wow, they're going to go out and win that game 47-7 because they are totally focused right now. Because they're not, and that's fine. Like they've got enough talent, they're a well-coached enough team to where they're going to beat teams like Tennessee by 26 points anyway. But something isn't there yet, and maybe this is all part of the process. But they were farther along last year, I think, for a lot of reasons, uh, understandable reasons, than they are now. And I think it's, you know, after the Missouri game, we said, well, Tennessee, this will be the one where they are alert and they're they're on it and they're ready. After after he got after the Missouri game and had his uh, kind of uh, rage stroke. They didn't. They didn't look any more focused than they did against Missouri. I think you've got maybe one more game until you're like, okay, maybe this just isn't that kind of focused team. 
you have Alabama out there and they're just the big bully on the block. They, I saw a stat where they've scored 37 touchdowns and that's the most touchdowns through five games and the sec ever Georgia has 28 and it feels like there's a bit of a bigger spread between that because of how good Alabama has been, but combined with the lackluster performances and Alabama just running head and shoulders above the rest. The thing I go back to is two weeks ago, we were talking about how there were, I think 34 undefeated college football teams. There's now 14. So I am taking comfort in the fact that Georgia's now amongst the elite, you know, record wise, Still, and we still have all of our goals in front of us. And the fact that last year was such a senior laden team with all of this just natural leadership ability. And now George is one of the youngest teams in the league uh, playing. I, I forget the percentage, but the majority of freshmen and sophomores. So this is definitely not the same team. The, the revenge tour was indeed fun. They'll settle it on the field in the next couple of weeks. And um, I mean, I said it, I said it in my first comment, but you got one more tune up next week. And if they come out with a 20 point victory, kind of similar to the past couple of weeks, that's going to leave to lead to a lot of hand wringing going down to Baton Rouge, uh, you know, less than two weeks from right now. Yeah, Scott. And one thing I would add to that is when I was watching the game yesterday, I kept thinking, man, we just look young and we're, we're still making young team mistakes. One of the things I think you're right is we're trying to unfairly compare both to last year and looking at what Alabama does. I went back and looked at some scores and, and Will, I talked with Matt Adair about this last week. You know, we kind of look like Alabama has looked off and on over the past few years where, you know, uninspiring wins, uninspiring wins. And then when we need to put our foot on the floor and last year was a little bit that way. And we, we thought a little bit that was because Jake Fromm came in as a freshman, but that might have been by design because, frankly, the play calling yesterday looked – it looked like we had – we were just trying out some new toys and weren't quite sure how to use them. Defensively, when you hold a team to two – essentially two big plays, three big plays, if you count that first run, the very first play of the game for nearly 20 yards, you know, but under – right at 200 yards offense and just 12 points, you're going to win a lot of football games doing that. And I, I'm not – I'm not willing to panic yet, um, you know, but we still could go to Louisiana State and look like this, and I would be willing to say I was wrong. What do we think of the quarterback situation? This is uh, We've gone from Fields getting one possession or maybe a couple plays to what we had yesterday, which was not only Fields getting whole possessions, but them kind of trading off within possessions. Where do you think that stands right now, uh, particularly in the wake of – we're seeing what happens if you don't adequately balance that. Um, one guy leaves and then the other guy breaks his collarbone. <laughs> then you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm curious, what, what do you guys think of uh, the quarterback situation? I mean, as long as we're scoring points, I guess I don't care. It, just, it feels the use last week feels weirder than the, what we were doing the first couple of games of this past week. Um, and the reason is, it's like you, it never felt like they could get in rhythm. And I realize that's a, that's a bull crap narrative driven, whatever, but you know, it just, but before we start saying Fields has got to be the guy, Fields has got to be the guy, I want to see him run the offense more than simply a play here or there. He went one for two, and, you know, it was a five yard quick out. And frankly, the second pass he threw wasn't that great. And he still is not working to his progressions and still wants to run before he can, um, before he does so. And frankly, I thought he was going to be out of that hit he took there um, right down in front of the sideline. So, you know, I, what, I still trust the coaches, I guess, is, is where I'm going with this. But it just it does feel a little weird. 
It, weird is a good word because I watched the post-game press conference and Kirby was asked three times about the quarterback situation. And when Chip Towers was asking him, I think for the fir- for the third time, Kirby's uh, demeanor changed. You know, he was he was pretty jovial talking about Brian Harrion and how well he played and talking about how they went and, f- and fought. But you can see if you go watch the press conference, his body language and everything just tenses up and he cuts Chip off in the middle of his question when he says, the plan is, and then he finger points at him with a fixed gaze and he says, there is no plan. And then he looks straight forward. Like he doesn't want any part of that question. So there definitely is something. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with this new transfer rule, even though we've already passed the four weeks, uh, the, you know, with the whole Kelly Bryant thing with Clemson. And there's a lot of two quarterback situations going on this year. This is new territory for all coaches. And I think he's just trying to make sure that that's one thing that doesn't upset the apple cart. What is Georgia football 2018? And he's not going to entertain that question anymore. He, and you know what? I kind of believe that he doesn't have a plan uh, with it because uh, they're both playing decent at times and they're both, both playing well at times. I mean, fields two touchdowns yesterday. I mean, Fromm could do that on a, on a really well played RPO, but he's not going to get in twice like fields did yesterday. So it's going to be interesting to watch how it goes for the rest of the season, but I'm with both of y'all so far. I trust the coaches. I even trust Cheney and and his play calling, although it makes me scratch my head. Uh, We'll just have to see how it uh, unfolds going forward. But if I were in one of those um, post game press conferences, I'd be really scared to ask him a question about the quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, I, I, two thoughts on that one. Um, I can understand maybe getting frustrated when someone asks a question three times. <laughs> I can, particularly when, uh, uh, when this has obviously been such an issue throughout college football. On the other hand, I do not believe for a half a second that there is not a plan for crying out loud. This is the whole deal of this coaching staff is that there's a plan. Of course there's a plan. It just might not be a plan that I, that one quarterback or the other would like to be heard publicly. It's probably the best way to put that. And yeah. uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, the whole idea when I read that quote, I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, but yeah, that's not how, that's not how this coaching staff works. Yeah. And listen, I'll put it this way. You know, I don't think anyone, this is not like a, uh, yesterday where fields just came in and, and tuied it up, uh, so on, but I'll say, um, this is probably worthy of a longer discussion. I don't think any quarterback is playing terribly um, or no quarterback is playing magnificently. But if you're asking me which quarterback I would be more worried down the line, if I were that quarterback, I think it might be Jake Fromm. Does anybody agree? I think that's right. I mean, here's, here's the thing, what we're, what we're not seeing out of Jake we saw last year. Those, those deep passes don't have quite the same touch. Uh, you know, the, certainly the one that was down towards our end, towards the close end of the stadium, that was just a straight overthrow, and we didn't see that last year. And he, he lofted the ball a little bit too. I mean, the one that Godwin, Godwin's got to go after that ball. Godwin pulls up, and I, I don't know why he did. I'm, I'm not saying he did anything in particular other than he didn't go after a ball that was catchable or pretty close to catchable. I mean, could Jake have thrown the ball another step closer to him? Sure. But that ball, I mean, if you go back and watch the replay, because I did three times this morning, he clearly pulled up. He clearly did not go after the ball. Um, I mean, but you know, he still, Jake was still what? Um, 16 of 21. It's hard to complain about, um, you know, but well, the only pushback I would give about that too is 
how much of that's play calling? How much of that right now is they're still trying to see what bells and whistles work well and what don't. Um, although we've been saying all along, if once Fields knows the playbook, it's going to be a very interesting discussion. There were no explosive plays yesterday. The longest offensive play, I think, was 23 yards, and Tennessee had a couple that were over 30 uh, that resulted in scores. So I think that's one concerning thing. And, you know, do you lay that at the quarterback's feet, or do you lay it at the play calling, or just the whole vibe of the stadium? I mean, one thing I noticed yesterday, and I was kind of scratching my head, sure, it was a little bit warm. It wasn't like Austin P. It wasn't even, in my opinion, well, Middle Tennessee was pretty nice because of that hurricane blowing through. But the crowd was leaving. It's like the crowd, it's almost like how I felt and I'm not making some big blanket statement here, but if you think back to the Braves back in like 93 after they'd kind of done it and then you started hearing all the questioning of the attendance and everything. And I'm not, I don't want to get into that, but it did seem strange to me where it's a 12 point game with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And people like, nah, I'm out of here. Um, I don't know. I, I've left early too, so I, I, I don't disparage that. But uh, just just a little strange. It wasn't rocking like it should have been yesterday for a three thirty CBS. It was also so hot. <laughs> it was it was so hot yesterday, particularly if you were in the sun. Uh, it was really rough out there yesterday, and it was and frankly. It was not a particularly exciting game. <laughs> like it wasn't. Like it. Like it's. It's fun. They won. They wiped out Tennessee. I know there's a certain aspect of everyone getting spoiled about that, but it was not a thrilling game. It doesn't mean that Georgia did play terribly or they should deserve booze or anything. It's just the imagination. I just mean the game itself was not particularly thrilling, and it was on a day where it was once again somehow on September 29th, obscenely <laughs> July hot. So uh, I, I think that I, I think that's an undeniable factor, and I think that's a I, you wonder if that's a factor in the quality of the play. To be honest, is the is the yeah. idea that like it's not that cascading excitement that kept happening last year that notion of oh wow what's next this is so great every week was a new part of the tour and it was so awesome it's not there this year for a variety of reasons now to me that is ultimately a good thing because it's obviously not last year's not going to happen every year the trick is to be really really great and win all your games or as many games as you can when you don't have a special season uh like you did last year but i think there's no question i think even I mean, listen, this team is same record they had last year, higher in the rankings than they were at this time last year. Clearly uh, respected in a way that they weren't at this time last year. And I don't think anybody's having quite as much fun uh, as they did last year. And I think that is telling, and maybe that's a good place. Maybe that's your good equal level on that. But I think I think there's no question that there's there's something there. And listen, maybe they go to LSU and win 35 to nothing. We're like, woo! This is so much fun again, but I don't think there's any question that there is a different vibe. And I think that's, this is what I was kind of talking about with like, even when the team win it with the the team wins and they do really well, the vibe that happened last year is not going to be the vibe moving forward all the time, even when the team's good. And I think, I think you're seeing that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. You know, like I've always said, I'll take, I won't like it. My heart doctor will love it, but you know, I'll take 15, one point wins, but frankly, getting back to what you were, Scott, I mean, that people were leaving, even though Tennessee scored to make it a, you know, essentially a 12 point game. Well, it was a 12 point game. Um, people were leaving 11 minutes left. That also is a product of, uh, George has got this. Yeah. I'm not worried about it, but because if, if people really thought Tennessee was going to come back, they would stuck around. Um, but it, you know, will going back to your point, 
you're right. It's not, it's different than last year. And I think if you had talked to any fan, Clemson fans, Alabama fans, um, they would have told you, yeah, it's not going to be the same and you, it will get a little boring at times. So I'm fine going five and oh with it being boring. Um, it's got to it's got to be boring over in Tuscaloosa because when I flipped on the game it was forty nine nothing and in, in the second quarter. Yeah, well they were playing I mean, losing boring for a different reason because it's kind of like when are we yeah. going to actually play somebody and but also you know one other thing I'd add to what what you said well is that I'm still not convinced that we are I'm still, I can't decide whether it's we're still trying to put all the pieces together or we know we have the pieces and we're seeing what else we have um, and. and Frankly, that we probably won't know that until after LSU, because there's also a world where we look sloppy and beat LSU. Um, there's also a world where we go over there and we're, you know, we're all driving back to back, uh, to New Orleans from Baton Rouge in the middle of third quarter. Um, but it's still a young team. It looks like a young team. They played like a young team, um, and that's that's remains Dakota, I guess, to to everything we've, we've talked about today. All right, gents. Uh, well, this is where I apologize, by the way. I have to miss the main show this week. I emailed you guys earlier this week. I have to miss it. I just It is the way the schedule is landing out this week. I will be back. I'm fine, I'm, unless the Braves make the World Series, <laughs> I will not actually have to be going to the World Series. Braves or Yankees. Otherwise, so I will be around and born a regular schedule. But I am missing this week. So everyone will actually enjoy this week's show because I want <laughs> to be on it. Well, sorry you will miss it. Uh, we'll soldier on, right, Scott? We'll soldier on. Just bring your A game, Tony. Oh, wow. Thanks. Hey, thanks, Will. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Tony always brings his A game. Um, all right, gents. Have a good week, and I will see you. Uh, have a wonderful time. I'm sorry I'll miss the show, but otherwise, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. As you heard, Will mention to Tony and me on the show, and it was news to us when he mentioned it to us, he will not be on the preview show this coming week. So it'll just be the two of us, Tony and me, and we'll be recording on Monday evening. So why don't you help us out? If you have a question or a comment or some message you'd like to convey to all of your fellow Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast listeners or whomever, just drop us a tweet on Twitter. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast. And make sure to check out our website, WSLSPodcast.com. Over there, we have some information about the three of us some links to our social media accounts, and quite a few blog posts. A new one should be up this coming Wednesday, but if you haven't read all of the previous ones, I'd urge you to check out the one I wrote uh, last week. Yeah, it was last Wednesday on why I think my wife is the best type of Georgia fan there is. It's a pretty good one. (laughs) I'm bragging now. Okay, that'll do it for us on today's show. Thanks for tuning us in. We'll see you on campus this coming Saturday for a night game versus the Commodores. Go dogs. Go dogs.